Drums, please! <laughs> Welcome to Two Guys, One Girl Santa, your friendly neighborhood podcast where we come together, drink some beer, and talk about the nerdy things that we love. Today is episode six. We are wrapping up the 2017 summer movies. Uh, somewhat of a lackluster performance. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that today. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, discuss some of the highly anticipated uh, fall 2017 movie premieres along with some other non-movie premieres um, that are going to be debuting this fall. Uh, my name is Matt Tappy. I'm here with the Two Guy, One Girl Santa panel. We have Nicole. Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. Glad to be here. Right. Uh, Santa. Howdy. Santa, uh, as always. And uh, returning back... He missed episode five, but he's coming in hot. Cameron? Hello, and nobody can see me. Raise my hands up in the air triumphantly. <laughs> yes. So, Cameron, you missed out on the last uh, uh, podcast where we uh, retrocasted Masters of the Universe. You had a good reason. Do you want to tell uh, the Guy Girl Sandy audience why you missed it? Uh, I was spending time with my wife and brand new baby, like uh, feeding it and putting it to bed and you know, being a new dad, so I couldn't make the, the evening podcast. Well, that's totally understandable, and let's I'll, let's give a round of applause to Cameron for having his first child. Thanks, and I appreciate the work-life balance this podcast affords me. Yeah, yeah. As always, we we want to uh, you know adjust your schedule. We know it's it takes you a while to walk the the, the five minutes it takes mm-hmm. you to walk to uh, the guy girl Santa panel. Exactly. Uh, recording Does it really take five minutes. No, it takes two. We timed it. <laughs> it takes two. Well, with your big stride. Two door to door. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, uh, seriously, congratulations. We're, we're glad guys. that you were able to attend. Uh, b- besides the, the new baby Cameron, uh, we have some, some new updates. We, we did get the Two Guy, One Girl Santa podcast streaming on iTunes. Uh, yeah. This, big deal. This was a big weekend. We're official. It took a while. Surprisingly, it's not very easy to make that happen. We bonafide. that. Yeah. Uh, you need certain requirements, and I had to mess around with SoundCloud. We did have a little bit of a SoundCloud scare. Santa, how, how many weeks ago was that? That Was that before we did Masters of the Universe? I think it was after. Right after? It, so it, it may like, have been like we recorded it, but it hadn't debuted yet. Yeah, yeah so, so it was like a week, so like about a month ago then. They, they threatened to shut down SoundCloud. Yeah. That was like two weeks ago then, because I remember it was like around my birthday. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but they managed to save it. Um, Way to secure that emergency VC funding, SoundCloud. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... How how dis- how bothered would you have been had we not had SoundCloud as our as our music stream camera? I think that would have probably been a major inconvenience to us. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, okay. <laughs> I, it would have been because we had to definitely figure out how to how to stream everything. I, I know you're a big fan of the SoundCloud. Yeah, well, they they could be better, but you know, at least they're they're, they're doing. Their interface is really bad, but yeah, but their app for, is terrible to use. Yeah. But it seems like. On the distribution end, it's not bad. Very good platform for people getting started. Right, yeah. Like us. Like us. Uh, So we do have the RS 
S feed uh, out now. We'll post that along with uh, uh, the the stream of our Twitter at two, or uh, at Guy Girl Santa. So all of y'all who don't have the iTunes but still want to follow us on the RSS feed, um, please join us there. Our our ten or twelve listeners that we have. So. <laughs> we also we also have a great new uh, logo icon. We do. What what do you think about the logo? I love it. It's great. Yeah, I, I mean, as much as I love uh, uh, the the bad Santa image, um, we needed to step it up a little bit. And uh, thanks to Mrs. Tyler for uh, coming up with our for sure our, our new logo. So lot, lots of stuff coming out with a with the two guy one girl Santa uh, panel. We we sort of are kind of you know getting into uh, our teenage years, getting our sea legs. Yeah, yeah, we're really starting to you know keep keep it serious. Um, we've had five podcasts thus far. This is number six. Um, we saw a lot of great summer movies. Um, some of us may have even seen some not-so-great ones. Uh, but I thought it would be a good idea for us to sort of kind of wrap up about how summer 2017 uh, ended up. So, Cameron, do you want to throw your two cents in? How, how, did, how did the 2017 summer movie list come out for you? Um, well, uh... Due to factors we were just discussing, I wasn't able to see every movie I wanted to see. Um, but uh, I mean, I think that we we saw the ones we saw were pretty good. I didn't. The worst movie I had to watch this summer was He Man. So, uh, <laughs> and that even debuted. Yeah, summer. yeah, yeah. That, that that's no reflection on the 2017 summer lineup. So all in all, I think it was good. Um, I I don't know. I was looking back at the 2016 lineup because of, you know, some of the things we're going to talk about today, and I don't feel like uh, it was any worse than what I saw last year, you know? Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, what were, before we get into maybe some of the not-so-great ones, Nicole, what were some of the better uh, 2017 movies um, that, that you saw or, or read about, maybe you didn't get a chance to see them yet? So, for me, I think my top three summer 2017 movies in no particular order were Wonder Woman, it's a great movie uh, great casting lots of great action um, I'd probably put that at number one uh, number two is probably Baby Driver um, that's not one we talked about on the podcast but that's one me and uh, Santa went to go see and um, that one had a great great action great great car scenes great uh great soundtrack so that that was a lot of fun too and then i'd say number three is probably spider-man homecoming which i i didn't expect to to love as much as i did but um yeah i th- i think you took pick two of the the definitely the mm-hmm. blockbuster wise as far as how much money it made at the, at the box office wonder woman and spider-man homecoming were, were pretty huge mm-hmm. um if you wanted to list have me list my number one and and this is a surprise because if at the beginning of the summer you asked me which one I was going to love the most, I would have not picked this. I was going to pick this for the least uh, uh, as far as ones I would actually go see would be Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was great. Um, we, we talked about that, I think, in episode two or three. We covered it in one of our mm-hmm. first five podcasts. And... Uh, uh, that's where Nicole famously gave it a uh, an awesome 35 out of 5 rating. Definitely... I had to give it the number one spot with that kind mm-hmm. of rating. <laughs> it, 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 it was great. So, Baby Driver, one that we kind of talked about uh, here and there, maybe on the podcast, maybe not. 
Santa, what's what was your take? You, I'm sure you saw all these and plus some more. Um, before you come up with your list, well, first off, was Baby Driver on your list? Yeah, yeah, Baby Driver. Just well, why was Baby Driver so awesome? It Baby Driver wasn't anything like super new in terms of concept or or style even, but it just did everything so well together with the music, the characters, and yeah. the action uh, scenes and stuff, and it just just played really well together and. It was a summer movie I didn't even know I was I was needing. Yeah. Was yeah, the soundtrack I, good? Because I heard that was a big integral part yeah, of it. Yeah, soundtrack was amazing. Soundtrack played within, like, into the movie. Like, a lot of the, the action beats happened because the... the 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 plot is the the main character he has he was in a car accident and he's got this humming noise in his in his ear, and so he li- has to listen to music to to drown it out. So uh, for most of the movie he's got he's got uh, earbuds on and he's listening to music and and as the the action takes place on screen you're hearing what he's hearing and and you're seeing what he's experiencing. So it kind of puts you into mm-hmm. his, the main character's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And it had a great cast too. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the better and maybe not so good cash choices of 2017. <laughs> uh, would have loved to cover Baby Driver. We ran out of time. We all have busy lives, Cameron especially. Cameron, your uh, top movies for the 2017 um, summer blockbuster. I, so I, in, in order to get one more movie under my belt, I actually watched Baby Driver last night slash this morning. Uh, and so actually, <laughs> that's my number <laughs> that's one. That's yeah. Way to go. <laughs> Uh, that's my number one, uh, just edging out Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, and number three would definitely be Wonder Woman. I thought all those were great. Uh, I just thought Baby Driver was the best on that list because um, it was just not a superhero movie. It was something, you know, it's like Sam said, it's not brand new territory, but it's something different than, you know, most of the other action movies that we had to, or were had, had available to us to see this summer. Uh, one that I thought looked really good that I didn't get to see yet was Dunkirk. Okay, so that that is one that I am going to talk about. You actually uh, saw that movie. I actually saw that movie. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'll be honest. Um, I, I walked out of that movie. I did not go into it knowing... I went into it knowing very little. Uh, I, I, I knew how Dunkirk kind of fell into you know history. I knew it was a Christopher Nolan film. I knew what to expect out of a Christopher Nolan film. But as far as me doing sort of my pregame research, did 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 none. Um, and I walked out sort of having a mixed review on it. Um, my major complaint was is I could not get into caring about too many of the characters. I felt like they didn't do a lot of character development. I, I thought the characters were just sort of kind of there and they were thrown at you. And that, that bothered me to the point where I had a hard time sort of kind of quote-unquote dealing with it. Um, now that I have walked out of it and I read a little bit about what to expect, that was their intent, actually. They did, they did not want to do a lot of character exposition. They wanted to just show it for what it was. Um, there was a weird timeline element to it that had I known that going in, I would have been able to more easy easy more easily accept it uh the tension was really great uh they had this constant sort of you know music or or tone to the to the film that really brought a lot of attention to it and i thought the cinematography especially the imax with the sound and everything was awesome 
So even though my initial take of Dunkirk was not that, you know, you know, uh, I didn't, I didn't love it. I've since kind of walked away from it saying that was a really awesome film. So yeah, I saw the preview for it during a movie we saw earlier in the summer. I can't remember which one. And the preview was just three minutes of the movie. It was just a three-minute scene of the movie where uh, a black and his name is flying overhead in a fighter plane. Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Yes, yeah. yeah. and and like it's showing him flying up above, and then what's going on down below him, and like. That was filled with so much suspense. Like within that three minutes, like I was already into the movie, and like I really wanted to see it, but I just didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I do think Dunkirk's going to probably be nominated for a lot of Oscars, um, and and rightfully so. Great cinematography, great sound. I'd be surprised if it won any sort of kind of best actor, mm-hmm. actress, supporting yeah. whatever. Seems like it's almost like a documentary disguised as like a summer blockbuster. Like mm-hmm. they, he, it's like he kind of maybe just wanted to do some sort of thing about this battle. You know, mm-hmm. how was Harry Styles in it? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> even know. Asking uh, the hard-hitting questions. He completely questions. immerses himself in the character. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, t- Tyler said, "What do you think about Harry Styles?" And I was like, "Was he in it?" Like, I, I, I didn't, didn't, didn't see him. Props to him for like not. I mean, I don't know. I know he's a musician or something, but. I wouldn't know what he looks like. Or something. Yeah, I don't know what he looks like, but, uh, you know, he could easily have made himself stand out by being like, ooh, uh, yeah. Hey, I'm here if you, ever, if you ever saw him without his shirt on, you'd know it was him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has three nipples. Uh, okay. Uh, well, well, where's the well, third one? Well, you're going to have to take a closer look. Uh, one we didn't mention that also did well, and it was our uh, debut podcast, Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. 2, Volume 2. Yeah. Thought it was also great. Um, so, uh, But there were some ones that were not so great, and I'm not sure how much of us have seen them. I don't think I've seen any of the worst ones. <laughs> I think we tried to avoid them. Um, well, let's let's start with Nicole and Santa, who, who are... Are much more dedicated to uh, watching movies, whether they're highly reviewed or not. Um, what were some of the the worst movies, Nicole, that you saw over the summer? Over. Well, we didn't really. We tried not to go to too many bad movies. Uh, we open it up to the whole of 2017. How about just since May? Made it. Made it now. What? I don't. I don't, I don't For know. The summer. Summer. Yeah. Summer is usually the first weekend of May through yeah. Labor Day. Uh, I'm surprised you guys are not well, announcing Fate and the Furious uh, right off the bat. Well, that came out in April, but that's I would not say Fate of the Furious would be the least favorite movie I've seen in 2017. That would be the the, the Triple X movie. Oh, the Triple X. Triple X is like a poor man's uh, Fast and the Furious yeah. at this point. Like. Um, but it's got Vin Diesel in it. I don't know which one came out first. I don't know if the original Triple X came about before or after Fast and the Furious. Actually, but, uh, maybe around the same time. Fast and the Furious has clearly kept the like they, they they own that genre. You know, it's like which genre is that? Just like the extreme absurd car chase genre. I don't know. Like well, they they've expanded on the like kind of like the Taken where they're they're not really superheroes, but they're almost indestructible. Right, yeah. Um, I just like, I mean, it, not that movie, those movies aren't for everybody, but if, if somebody is interested in 
seeing a movie like that, they do a good job of it, you know? What, what's interesting is I remember we wanted to go see a movie one night, and we had a choice between going to see Atomic Blonde or The Dark Tower. Uh-huh. And I'm a, I'm a big Stephen King fan, so I really wanted to see The Dark Tower, but after seeing all the bad reviews for it, I was like, well, you know, I don't want to really waste my money on that when mm-hmm. I can just probably see it later on Netflix or Amazon or yeah. something. So why don't we just go see Atomic Blonde? And um, There were a lot of bad reviews for Dark Tower. And Atomic Dark Blonde got a pretty solid review. Mm-hmm. So. Did that disappoint you? Do you think you're going to try to see it? Or, or is uh, it so disappointing that you're just like, screw I'll, it? I'll see it, but I won't pay any money towards it like i'll wait until it's available on some sort of streaming service or uh there was a promo that uh sony pictures was doing with uh, regal cinemas if you watch these four movies then you get them for uh for free when they come out digitally and the four movies were spider-man dark tower baby driver and atomic blonde no not atomic blonde uh, a uh, girl's night Mm -hmm. Uh, night. rough night rough night so Two of those movies we saw, or I mean, I saw anyway, and the other two, I actually did buy tickets for them and did not go see them. For So basically, I... So it would count towards your credit? Yeah, so... For, Is I'm this a Regal thing, or...? It was a Sony and Re- Regal does do it a lot with, like, uh, they did the same thing with, like, Get Out, Split, and uh, and The Shack or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so it's... You're seeing a lot more now where movies will come out digitally before they come out on physical. Yeah, yeah almost like video games, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, video games still physical and digital, almost dated. Uh, dated. Uh, well, Same I just day. showed how bad I paid attention to that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing a PS3 game that came out 10 years ago, so, you know, that, people, that's people just me. That. Um, uh, well, right off the bat, one that we talked about a lot, and we joked that we're probably not going to see it because we just know it's going to be bad because the last three were bad maybe even the last four uh transformers Transformers. yeah Uh, i think they finally have jumped the shark in their franchise of shark jumping oh (laughs) they couldn't have jumped the shark more if there was a shark in it they had like a shark riding a shark jump jump another shark. Made a ton of money. They <laughs> needed to put a shark con yeah. into. But the thankfully, it didn't make a lot of money in the U.S. It so made, it's like I don't think it made. It, I don't it think made it made that much in uh, in China. Also, I, don't I know think it made. But it made, it, it made enough money in China yeah. though. Is the point, which is because we were looking at the Chinese box office. Uh huh. But how, did it, how did its Chinese box office compare to the last Transformers Chinese? Not as big, but so that's why they're, uh, the, the, they are making a, a more Transformers movies, but now they're, yeah. now they're character-specific ones now, because the next movie is going to be called Bumblebee, not Transformers uh, 6. Uh, <laughs> that never speaks. Is let's just go ahead and book our tickets for that. Opening yeah. night. <laughs> I mean, the last night, the most recent one, like... I think it just, even from Transformer standards, it was like completely incoherent. It's like, what? There were there were Transformers at the Round Table of King Arthur? Or like, what's going on? Why, why do we all have swords now? It doesn't make any sense. Like, so, he, he, here are the, the, the three things that surprised me slash didn't surprise me about this movie, which made, made it seem like bad. Apparently, Merlin the Wizard is in it. Of course he is. 
<laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins. They somehow managed to convince him. I think they probably just took off the name Transformers from the end of the script and just handed yeah. him like, it's the last night. And he goes, well, of course. Yeah, well, he, I, I, he, he probably thought he was, he was in another Thor movie. He probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all those superheroes. It's, it's Henry V or some other sort of British Either that night they just thing. cut a hole in the roof of his house and like poured money into it until this whole house I mean it seems like they would have had just pay him an enormous amount of money it had to be a huge payday yeah. I mean what cost more money the, the special effects or Sir Anthony Hopkins salary and the other thing was it was almost three hours this movie my god I can't handle that much Transformers I, I would go see it maybe for two hours just to laugh at it and after two hours I'd start crying I, I wouldn't make it through the last half last hour judging by most Michael Bay movies the, by three hours you'd also be deaf you know, like, they, they also said like Optimus Prime wasn't even in like the last part of it like he like disappeared for like two of the five acts or something uh-huh. and, and yeah like that's all you really care about do you really care about freaking Bumblebee no or, or Mark Wahlberg whatever his character's in I care about Mark Wahlberg less than I care about Shia LaBeouf, and that's saying a lot. I mean, I don't know if they're even in these movies, but I definitely care about the Dinobots. No, they weren't. No, that movie. was like the movie before. Like, well, that's yeah. the only thing that matters. Yeah, Grimlock was in four. I think. Yeah, God, it was just. It's just. So, what other bad movies did we just avoid because we knew they were going to be um, bad? I think what may be the worst reviewed movie of the summer season, although I'm not 100% sure about this, is uh, the Emoji movie. The Emoji movie. Looked like, like, it was one of those things where the premise sounded awful, and then there was some fairly big names assigned to it, and so you're like, well, maybe there's something there, because... Jean-Luc Picard? All these people wouldn't make complete asses of themselves for no reason, and then, yeah. like, nope, it's terrible. <laughs> but for the same reason that Sir Anthony Hopkins yeah. did that movie, it is, uh... Is he knighted? Patrick Stewart, yes, Patrick Stewart, is. yeah, if, if Sir Patrick... And he played a freaking poop because yeah. yeah. like, like the emoji <laughs> movie is an anime movie, so they were they were behind a screen. Yeah, so it's like can, unless you knew the voices, they can they can. Which I think like, you do. I mean, Patrick Stewart's well, yeah, yeah, incredible yeah, recognizable recognizable voice, yeah. but he's also got a great sense of humor, though. I mean, apparently, like that, I can't remember the name of that movie or that TV show he has on TNT or some some network, but it's pretty raunchy. Like one in one of the previews, he's being like whipped by his secretary, and so I think he's the game for playing a talking poop. But there was a lot of bad press for the emoji movie. I I, I, I thought it, it was like it was like the Turner Hoot slash K nine problem where didn't they do this movie already? Um, what, what was the the movie with all the emotions? And oh, um, Inside, Inside Out. Out. Inside that movie Out. was like oh, that was such a on the opposite movie. end of the spectrum in quality. Like that movie. Was oh, that incredible. movie was, was great. Yeah. It was awesome. That was uh, a movie about emotion, where not a movie about. Emotion icons. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's almost like it's kind of a fitting parallel because Inside Out is about emotions and is like thoughtful, and the Emoji Movie is about like like the Internet 3.0 like overly simplified kind of detached version of emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like a hollow, shallow movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, other bad movies on the list? Any Nicole or Santa? I could go. Through a whole bunch, but the mummy. Listening to the mummy okay. was one that I thought was worth <laughs> talking right. about. I, I was going to bring up the mummy. Uh, did, did 
Santa, did you have any interest in seeing the mummy? <laughs> I had interest in seeing so, the mummy. So, yeah, so did okay. I, actually. Okay, tell us why. I guess, like, I, I liked the thought of having the, the monster universe. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mind... A Dark Tom, universe. Yeah, I don't mind a Tom Cruise action movie. Yeah, I do like Tom Cruise in um, some movies. In certain yeah. things. Yeah. What, was the Tom Cruise the, the big attraction yeah. for you on the mummy? Yeah, Santa? Yeah. Was that the only attraction? Pretty much, yeah. No, I also we. I remember we were in the car one day. I was like, maybe we should go see the mummy. He was like, yeah, okay. And okay. Then, <laughs> so before I shred the mummy, even though I never saw it, <laughs> Santa, being the most well-read person when it comes to the movie, can can you give us a lowdown about what is it? Universal. Universal. What, what are they trying to do with this whole dark universe thing? They were trying to set up a monster universe. You you. You saw it in the the lead up to the movies. Any in interviews, Tom Cruise always talked about how he loved monsters back in the day. He loved the Mummy. He loved the were the werewolf god, the Invisible Man, Dracula, and all these properties these, that this company owns. Oh yeah, was, you know, <laughs> so they they were how trying, they were trying yeah. to set up, and and if, if they were trying to set up properly, that they, they failed whenever they released the Dracula movie two years ago that bombed. Right, and and so they're like, okay, now 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 we have. Tom Cruise with the Mummy, and this should be the the, the starting point for our, our monster franchise and stuff. And and it was going to be pretty stupid because there, when you think of like a a a a franchise of different things coming together, there's a you gotta have a central villain and 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 a and a group of heroes. And so when you have the Mummy, where werewolf guy. Dracula, Invisible Man, you know, who, who's... It's the who, opposite, Who's right? the villain, and who's mm-hmm. going to be the hero? So it's like, unless Tom Cruise is going to be in all these movies, then it's like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, here's my thing. I, I can I can deal with Tom Cruise on some level. I can't deal with him as being the guy that kicks off this whole franchise. Because, at the end of the day, like you said, unless Tom Cruise is going to be in all the movies... Which I don't... Well... They're probably not going to make anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, they are going to make... Well, I don't know if they're going to make another mummy, but... Um, it needed to be somebody that could help carry the franchise. And I don't think Tom Cruise is going to be the hero in all those franchise movies. And you are right. They are dealing with the problem of the fact that, you know, most of these, you know... You know, Marvel and the DC, it's about coming together with a group of heroes, fighting one or two bad guys at at the same time. I feel like Tom Cruise is too self-centered to promote something that is not about him. Apparently, he did an okay job, according to you. He he he, he pressed he, about he, the, he, he talked about it, but the, the, I'm sure that, he that talked about job. more about him doing yeah. his own stunts. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, they had to switch gears because they were going to have a male mummy and they switched it to a female mummy, right? Mm-hmm. I Why did they change that? Do you know, Sam? Yeah. But I think it was something about maybe he looked to the mummy there. It was something about X-Men Apocalypse. I, I don't know why that tied into so, so it. So they, they, they didn't think the, the male mummy, they, they thought it looked too much like X-Men Apocalypse and that, that was bad, so they decided to go with Suicide Squad because that would basically the same kind of plot where some uh, ancient mummy person comes back to life and, oh, yeah. and starts wrecking havoc. That's what happens in Suicide Squad. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just thought that Tom Cruise was just going to screw it up. And 
I don't know if he's the only reason why I screwed up, but it, it was a bad start to the whole thing. And I, I love those monsters. I love the mummy. I yeah, love those, Dracula. I would have been so into this dark universe. <laughs> They also, they, another weird thing about the Dark Universe is they have either released or allowed to be released two recent Frankenstein, you know, Mister uh, Frank, Doctor Frankenstein movies. You know, one that I Frankenstein that didn't make any sense, and the other one was with I think Elijah Wood or. And they had the yeah. Van Helsing movie with no, that was uh, Hugh Jackman. No, that was older. That's been a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you want to talk about a good guy in the yeah. Dark Universe, it's. It's Van Helsing. So wasn't there a movie back in the '60s or '70s that that had all these like monsters in it together? I mean, I remember seeing it as a kid. Like, okay, well there was so monsters. the yeah. monsters. No, 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 the Monster Squad. <laughs> oh. uh, and I'm glad you mentioned it because if you weren't, I was going to. This like was the route they should have taken. <laughs> I, I, even if they did Monster Squad Two, that would been that would been perfectly fine with me. Because that was the ultimate, let's take the Dark Universe characters. We're going to take Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, uh, the werewolf, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. And we're going to pit them against a trio of underdog superheroes, or not superheroes, just heroes, to you know face them off. I felt if they had built, built toward the Monster Squad sort of thing. They didn't have to be kids. They needed to be a lot younger than Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe as what he was Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. I don't know. Uh, either way, they started off bad. It's it's just like the DC universe, maybe even worse. And that oh, I feel it like it's going to universe. going to go down a, a a deep dark black lagoon hole of of just. Well, that that uh, everybody is trying to you know copy the the Disney model of, or Marvel mar- model, you know like. Yeah, universes. You know, you see it with DC, and you know, Universal's trying to get theirs. And that's a we're we're you know I think we're there's a a couple tropes that we're going to talk about on this podcast. A trope that I am already sick of is this need to have everything be a cinematic universe. Like, it's not it's not enough to like make cookie cutter movies <laughs> to try and bring in box office. Now you're like doing copycat stuff with your entire. You know, uh, studios franchise. You know, you saw that happen in the the eighties with comic books, and then and that's why they there was a uh, like a drop off drop off in the nineties because we have these crossovers uh, that would happen, and then you have the one big event. So you have the 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 big event eight issues, the big event, and then and then like tie ins. And you know, like stories that you don't necessarily have to read, but they they're in the main. Like if you're reading X Men, so you have like three issues that are tied into this big event, but you don't necessarily have to read those. In the '90s, it became where it was like you had to read all these other other things, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like if you want to read a whole event, you're you're buying like 25 books yeah. instead of eight. And yeah. then with these movies now, they they want to tie everything together. You want, you know give a reason outside of the actual movie to go see this movie. Yeah, it's like how many people are going to watch Thor because it might tie into the rest of the story. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, what are the tropes uh, that are common now that maybe are kind of being played out, Cameron? You sort of hinted. Oh that. yeah. Well, if, if I don't know if you want to get into this now, but the whole like dystopian future. Yes. premise for a sci-fi movie yes it's just like it's more often than not a dystopian future sci-fi movie now like yeah it went from like a you know a certain 
option if you're writing a, a script to like being the default option. So dystopian movies are not uncommon. I mean, we can go back to the seventies with what was the seventies with Blade Runner? Blade Runner was in the seventies. That's a seventies. That's, that's yeah. a you know when I think about dystopian movies. That's it. But uh, a lot of the young teen novels have dystopian trends to them. Hunger Games, uh, the the Maze, the Maze Divergent. Runner, I think Divergent. Divergent. It all started with nineteen eighty four. Well, well, yeah, yeah, the book, the book. But when one thing is very successful, like Hunger Games was, it was a a hugely successful book, it was a hugely successful movie series, made a ton of money, then, you know, it kind of becomes par for the course for a lot of other books and movies that come out. Yeah, I don't know which came out first as books, but like the Divergent series just seemed like such an obvious copycat to Hunger Games. Hunger Games came out first, then all these others, like the the Maze Runner. Harry Potter was the, the beginning of... Yeah, like YA. Like, Although Harry Potter was not dystopian in, in no. any way. And, a, a little bit, but it felt like that, didn't it? I have only seen a couple of the Harry Potter movies, so I can't even really comment. It just felt like a fantasy Harry, movie. Harry to me. Potter it, it, it is not dystopian. dystopian. It felt dystopian because it took place in England and it's very dreary. It rains all the time. <laughs> they eat bad food. The whole movie was boiled fish in clouds. <laughs> I worked as a librarian in a in a public library system when. Divergent and all these other things were getting really popular. And it's not just these other books here, but like the whole YA like bestseller list that was coming out were all like watered down copycats of this. So mm-hmm. once once one thing is popular, they just keep feeding into it until someone else comes up with something different. Yeah. Well, I won't say that they're bad. I, I love a good dystopian movie. I, I did do think Maybe the first and second Hunger Games were good. Don't even get me started on the last two because I hate them with a passion. Divergent was okay. The last two sucked. Um, they didn't even finish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. It, it's. But I. I think it's. It's sort of played out. Um, we talked a little bit, and we're going to get into the fall movies here in a bit. But you know, uh, uh, Ready Player One is also another dystopian thing. So, Cameron, we, you and I were having a discussion earlier in the week. Why, why are dystopian movies starting to maybe trend off or, 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 or maybe not really delivering the same, you know, <clears throat> yeah. as they were before? Yeah, I mean, um, so there was a, an interview that Neil Stevenson did, and he's the author of many, many popular sci-fi slash cyberpunk books. Um, he's really well known for Snow Crash, which kind of defined what we think of when we think of VR. Mm-hmm. Like it was before um, a lot of the other books that are you know about that. Um, and so yeah, he's like a very popular you know sci-fi writer. And what he was talking about was um, the the fact that like it's becoming so common now. And he, one of his theories was that he thought it was easier for producers to come up with a dystopian movie it's kind of like a shortcut because you don't have to conceive of like a whole world you can just like dirty up the empire state building and it's a lot sort of easier to make a movie that way because you, you can be less creative and yeah the counterpoint he offered was avatar where james cameron actually thought up that whole 
incredible world from scratch, you mm-hmm. know? Well, you need a lot less extras, too, right? Because apparently... Everybody's world, dead. Everybody's dead. <laughs> it's like the Masters of the Universe. Just you know? some skeletons I mean, if, if, if they could have recorded He-Man in Dystopian Society, that worked out well, because they wouldn't yeah. have to cast the extras, and we wouldn't all be asking but, why there was no people hanging around. And a sequel. The, the, the He-Man uh, sequel? The... Uh, the uh, Story, the screenplay that became Cyborg. Cyborg was oh, very right. dystopian and yeah. like wasteland and everything. It's mm-hmm. easy. It looks gritty. It seems, you know, uh, you, you start off with basically saying there is no hope, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, to piggyback onto his thing about why we're maybe it's starting to decline, you know, people are, aren't into dystopian stuff anymore it's because we're getting close to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you know, I was saying earlier, like my, my phone blew up with New York Times alerts this morning. Like, oh yeah. God, something awful happened in North Korea. Like, yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So. I mean, at this point in time, I might as well make a movie about, you know, the nu- nuclear bomb and actually have it go off. Because yeah. a lot of, the, a lot of the stories that, that we read from the, the from books and, uh, you know, movies, you know, like, usually take place around this time of, you know, like 1999, 2000s, you know, stuff. Uh, like the Terminator 2, 1999 was, mm-hmm. was Judgment Day, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, Back to the Future, 80, you know, yeah, that wasn't dystopian, but, you know, the, the future then was not 2015. Potentially dystopian. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, if you let Biff run everything, it <laughs> will go in the fucking ground. So it's like we're... 2001 we're, was in 2001. Yeah. We, we, are, <laughs> we are in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And you, you, I... I, I, I with as much sadness that's going on right now, I want something a little bit more optimistic, utopian. Yeah. Uh, you know, Star Trek was definitely that yeah. when it came out. Uh, I don't know if everything was made to be like, hey, maybe things aren't going so well, but Star Trek to me has always brought a sci-fi element of this is this is what we may head to if we follow the right path. Yeah, if it's we optimistic. Put, if we put our, you know, our sort of racism or xenophobia aside if we take out the element of you know trying to acquire money and wealth and just look to acquire you know knowledge for for happiness that maybe our lives will become better and this is not what we're seeing in in movies in fact that sort of outlook has now sort of kind of maybe not interested in the new star trek series uh, I, I, it's hard for me to now to sit down and think about a Star Trek society or Star Trek film or movie where I'm just like, hey, it's cool. Things are going to be better. You know, we're, we're going to, you know, brave new worlds. We're going to become a better society. And even Star Trek is sort of not necessarily going to dystopian, but walking away from that utopian society where they're breaking the Roddenberry rule, where everybody yeah. sort of kind of gets along. Now they're going to have conflict on whatever starship they're going to be like on. Everybody, yeah, everybody's more. not going to get along. Yeah, that's like one of those things where like Gene Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry's concept, the the writers for the other Star Trek series have all said how difficult it made writing for the show because if like none of the characters are allowed to have interpersonal conflict, it's in, it seems boring. Well, it's, it's boring, or if you make it interesting, it's a lot harder to think of a plot where everybody's getting along, working together, and you still care. You you, know? uh, you end up sciencing people to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you also have to bring in like a bad guy of the week so that there can be conflict with that character. So it works on a t- for a TV show like mm-hmm. uh, for 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 so long, but for a movie, you know, you you know, like every Star Trek movie. There was a you know 
whether it was the old ones, like a lot of the Klingon stuff, mm-hmm. and then or Khan. I mean, it was like definitely a lot more yeah. conflict and you know things. And, Romulans. Uh, Rom- yeah, I'd be happy. Were the Romulans the old ones? I thought they were in Star Trek Three, but maybe I'm wrong about that. When they're searching for, for Spock's Spock. body yeah. on that okay. planet, I don't know who they're. Yeah. It's like the the, new, the newer Star Trek movies are definitely all about. Because like in the, in the last one, you know, Idris Elba's character was he was bored because of how peaceful it was, so he wanted to create war. Yeah, mm-hmm. he essentially had space madness. You know, I'd be um, happy if the the new Star Trek Discovery series, if it if it started off like nobody got along, but then they overcame it. From what I'm reading, it's I mean, it's uh, they the, the the casting choice is almost kind of like covered up what it's going to be. It's because it, it takes place before Enterprise. Which seems weird because Enterprise is them shooting off into space for the first time. I don't know, what, you know, all, all mm. that's about. But it's the conflict, with the Klingons. So it's going to be a lot of, and, it, and it's already being rated T T B M A. So there's going to be a lot of violence oh and war and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it taking place before Enterprise or before the original Star Trek series? Because I thought it was after Enterprise but before Star Trek. Uh, I, I saw the Entertainment that. Weekly timeline, and it's it's after it's after, it after Enterprise? Picard. No. no, it's definitely not after. Picard. No, it's, it's yeah. definitely yeah, it's yeah. before everything. It's before Kirk. Oh, it, well, then it's after the Scott Bakula version. Oh. Yeah, which I guess well, is Enterprise. Well, well, Enterprise was because that it was that was that the first starship, or was that the first starship to go out farther than? Yeah, than, it was than, these. The original starship Enterprise is this, was like. Is this the, a prequel to a prequel? Hmm. Well, I mean, it's a. Who knows? With Star well, Trek is confusing. Well, with well from the from the title, it's Discovery. So, yeah. and maybe. Maybe Klingons are coming to Earth, you know. So like they're, they're retconning stuff. So mm-hmm. I I would like to see, and you kind of talked about it or hinted at it a little bit. Of we we now have this technology. We we now are sort of you know meeting everybody. We realize we're not such a small universe, and you would have the people who are embracing. You know, hey, we're we're you know. The world is bigger than what we imagine, and we need to put sort of our you know small problems aside and tackle these bigger problems. Versus those that really you know are just inherently distrustful and also sort of non-believers of you know look we're going to run into the bad guys. You know we need to build a wall now that we have our ability to you know go outside the universe. Great. Let's go outside of the universe. Let's also make sure we build some sort of you know defense mechanism to keep everybody from getting to us. I think that would be an awesome thing to to tackle. And I would love to see it, like movie. in a movie. So yeah, that would basically make a, you know doing a show in the Star Trek universe, but like on a planet. Or somebody talked about how like it would be cool. Like Deep Space Nine was set on a shitty abandoned space station. Like make a show that's like set on like. A really, really like advanced space station within the Federation, and you know, kind of. Like, I mean, you kind of like you see that saw that a little bit in Independence Day, uh, Men in Black. You know, mm-hmm. aliens come, and then so Earth has to come to get. Well, in a way, Men in Black was behind the scenes, but yeah. Independence Day, you know, the Earth had to come together, and then I didn't see the the sequel. So it was really bad. Was that that was last year, right? Yeah, the sequel was yeah. Really last bad. year. I, I watched it. It's, you watched- <laughs> It's, it's kind of fun. They 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 definitely you know they did not have a big budget. There was some really bad green screen. Yeah. Um, but but you saw them. You know the aliens came and they wrecked stuff, and so they might come back. So they everybody got together. They used the tech and started building defenses for yeah. for the yeah. future oh, invasion. They, they were like lot 
stocked and ready. Right. Like, ready. And, 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 but they weren't ready, apparently. No, 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 no. They, <laughs> they, they were really ready. They, they thought they had all their shit together. They thought, hey, you know, we're going to fight fire with a fire. And then they realized that, oh, shit, when they came however many years ago, it was only a fraction of what they were, you know, had real like, power wise. It, it, it was like, that was a, that was, like, from the space is big. And who knows where they came from? It was more like a scouting mission, and then and then one warship to handle stuff. And then if you guys fail, we're hundreds, maybe you know, several light years away. And 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 by that time you guys fail, we've already like advanced beyond that. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. And, and, so. The yeah the the curve has already jumped up ahead. Well, speaking of looking ahead, we have the fall movie. Uh, you know set of movies coming out uh i i'm excited about a lot of them uh we're considering fall to the end of the year so right off the bat star or star wars is coming out or ragnarok's coming out right off the bat next week it i mean it is coming out um we may actually talk a little bit about it um in a future podcast uh what what are you looking forward to uh nicole there's a, there's a few I'm really looking forward to. Um, I saw the, the first Kingsman movie a few months ago, and I'm really looking forward to the sequel. Um, I like Channing Tatum, so I think think that'll be one we go see, unless uh, Rotten Tomatoes tells me otherwise. Yeah. The, the, we'll probably see it anyways. But. That's that sort of uh, the action hero, mm-hmm. British sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yep. this time, it's... it's they're, they're meeting the American kind of part to them. The, the, Ooh. The statesman. Yeah, the statesman. Ooh. It's a huh. Cannon Tatum and a, one of the bridges, I think. Todd one. Bridges from different Not Todd. No. <laughs> 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 you go, you go Jeff with Todd Bridges. Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges or Bob Bridges? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, I thought it was worth a shot. Was like, Maybe his career's going to bounce back. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> no way, actually, he might be the only one still alive. He's the only one that's still he's alive. He's the only one he took alive. enough drugs and chased that <laughs> yeah. line. Yeah, Gary Coleman's dead, yeah, Dana Plato's dead, dead, but Todd Bridges, I think, is still out there. Yeah, and and he, apparently, he's going to be the new Kingsman movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about Blade Runner 2049. Um, really? Tell us why. I So, I saw Blade Runner when I was in college. It was very influential. It's like a big movie to watch. Um, in art school, so I'm I'm very excited about that and, and seeing Ryan Gosling. In a yeah, it's gonna be shirtless. It's got a good pedigree. I mean, it's like uh, it's got a good cast and and uh, who's the villain? Is the guy that's doing it? And uh, really, Scott was like, you know, like yeah, that's the guy I want. To, yeah. If if he, somebody's gonna do it, I want him to do it. You're a big Blade Runner fan. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, I don't think Harrison Ford is much indication of of the quality of the movie he's going to be, but I actually think Ryan Gosling is. He seems to pick winners and you know know movies that he's going to be good in and that are going to be you know well done. And so yeah, I'm super interested in it just because uh, I like the original a lot. And if they do a good job with it, if they have like something interesting and new to say, then hopefully it'll be a good movie. Mm. I got I got a couple more I'm excited about that I don't think the other the others we're gonna mention. Um, uh, there's a there's a movie called The Snowman coming out. It's based on a series of books by Joe Nesbo, who's a really famous uh, Scandinavian writer um, about his detective Harry Hole. So I'm 
I'm a, I'm a big mystery fan, so if there's a good mystery series coming out, I'm probably going to check it out. I mean, Pixar's got a new one coming out too, right? Coco? Life of Coco? Or Coco. It's Coco, Coco yeah. yeah. Okay. Is this about? the Ice Tea's wife? Or? <laughs> no? No. I don't, I'm not sure what it's about, because the only thing I know about it is that uh, Conan O'Brien didn't like it. Because oh. Conan O'Brien's nickname is Coco. Uh, <laughs> oh, he didn't get, he didn't get paid. It's about it's got It's a musical, okay. It's a musical. It's about the Day of the Dead. The Day of the Dead. Yeah. Huh. So, Next insult, yeah. so uh, I'm I'm almost maybe more excited about the fall movies than I am the the summer movies. I I feel like hitting towards Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, I think people are maybe wanting to, you know I, that's always been a hot movie, uh, you know, season, mm-hmm. but definitely something that seems to have that Star Wars used to come out Memorial Day weekend all the time. Really? Yeah, all yeah, all six time. movies, uh, the the first six came out on Memorial Day weekend, and then when they did Episode Seven, they talked about doing Memorial Day weekend, and they shifted to Christmas. December. And then they said, "Oh, but the next one will be Memorial Day weekend." And then guess what? Okay. They shifted it back again. Um, so, but, but I'm fine with that, uh, more, more meat for our game, um, Cameron, any strong interest, uh, the Star Wars? Uh, I'm certainly, I'm certainly interested in Star Wars, I liked episode seven, um, I'm anticipating Blade Runner 2049, like, uh, Nicole mentioned, I'm also looking forward to Thor Ragnarok a lot, um, the guy who's directing that directed, a. A film from New Zealand called Hunt for the Wilder People that was very, very uh, entertaining and it was like a feel good movie. And it's, you know, all about like character development. So I think that's kind of the reason those movies do so well is because they have good characters. So mm-hmm. the fact that he's directing, I think, is a, is a, a plus for me for sure. Mm-hmm. Have you read any of the. Uh Plot predictions or movie spoilers for any of those movies, Blade Runner. Or? No, I don't read spoilers unless I have no interest in seeing the movie, but somehow want to know a little the bit twist. About it. Like I, I read spoilers for M Night Shyamalan movies. You know, like when I, like I don't <laughs> want to watch yeah. the only movie where you can guarantee there's going to be yeah. a twist. I don't want to watch the movie because it's a bad movie, but I would like to know the twist so I can get that aha, aha. That thirty seconds is the only joy you get from those movies. So okay. I just, I'll just take that and not spend my money on the movie. So I, I wax and wane sometimes about spoilers. Um, I, I think my first encounter with a spoiler was episode one. Uh, I actually read a lot about that coming out, and that was around the time when spoilers was really sort of starting to, to that, was, that was like before the internet. How'd you even do that? Oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember I remember spending the hour it took to download the episode one initial trailer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was slow going, but it was still out there. And I was disappointed, and I'm like, well, I don't, I'm never going to read another Star Wars spoiler again because I want to be surprised. And I thought it had ruined the movie. I didn't realize was that it was, it was already bad. I mean, it was just the whole plot. I mean, I, I knew what was coming next, so there was no sort of surprise element to, for it to me. Like, um, I can't think of what, what like the the biggest spoiler, I guess, from episode one would be like if like uh, after seeing the movie, like if I known that Darth Maul was gonna die, I'd be like, what, what was the point of having him then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not like saying like, ooh, you know, big spoiler, like. You know, a lot of us could anticipate that probably Han Solo was going to die in the last Star Wars movie, right? 
but if he knew it 100% going in, it would have maybe, you know, like, well, he's going to die at the end. That particular scene would have hit you differently. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. but. yeah, I mean, you didn't... I, it's not like it was a shock when he died. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess they're killing off that character. The, the but still, you didn't dies. know. Yeah. Sen, are you a spoiler guy at all? Uh, yeah, same thing with Cameron. It's like, if, if I have no real interest in seeing it, I'll, I'll read about it, but... Uh, some, sometimes I, I will if I... I get a little impatient with some things. Uh, recently, we just binge watched all of Sherlock, huh. like all twelve episodes in like three days. With Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Those and are long twelve episodes. Yeah, they're, they're hour and a half long episodes, yeah. and so you know, and so we watched them all, and then there, I did read some spoilers. But I mean, this show has been out for a while, so yeah, yeah there's that thing. So like, it's not like I'm reading a spoiler for something that hasn't come out yet. You know, it's like reading about Game of Thrones, and they keep talking about Ned's head getting cut off. Yeah, and you're just like, look, I'm sorry, that happened like eight years ago, and you didn't figure it out yet that you know the main yeah. character of season yeah. one loses his head. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do for you. There's a, there's a difference between just writing about something that happened a few years ago and then actively trying to ruin someone's experience of something. Yeah. Because I remember I stood in line to get the, the sixth Harry Potter book at the bookstore. Was that the last one? No. No, the second to last. Um, so and that was... Which was the title of this one? Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince. And it got leaked beforehand. And I remember I was standing outside waiting to get my copy of the book and a car drove up alongside the... Because I was outside. car drove up and yelled, Dumbledore dies on page... And then listed the page. Are you serious? I was. Yeah, what an asshole! Yeah. And I, you know, I was, well, like sixteen or seventeen at the time. I was, I was heartbroken. Yeah, that's. I, I, I do think. So there, spoiler people are the worst. Yeah. Like, and, and I know we we are not a spoiler free. We're a spoilerful podcast. Mm-hmm. And we, we do try to announce it as soon as we can. I'm sorry but about we, spoiling the fact that both Ned Stark and Double Dwarf died, but it's also been several years, but so there, get yeah, over it. There's a difference between if we actively announced it in like the, yeah. the title of oh, our podcast. Everybody's there, listening there, 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 podcast. There's an expression today on any spoiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I know, you, well, Santa and Nicole are not. Cameron is a big Game of Thrones person. Mm-hmm. I actually had to like turn off social media because there were people who were just freaking trolls that were like, you'd be reading a Facebook feed about, I don't know, hey, I went to go see goats today. And everybody's tweeting about, ooh, the goats, they look so cool. And then somebody tweets about what happened yes. in today's Game of Thrones like episode. The dragon that just died. Yes, that, <laughs> those are the fucking worst. It was really bad this year because of all the leaks and everything. Yeah. Because yeah. people who wanted to spoil it could leak it like, before the episode aired, you know? So you can't stop the leaks. But you it's can also <laughs> not go out and read the Reddit post or don't Google your insert movie title slash spoilers because guess what? Every single one is going to be out there in some way, shape, or form. And if you're Googling it, looking for it, then and you're spoiled, you know, don't don't feel bad or about yourself because I mean, look, you open the door, it's it's there. But I do agree those people who decide to post spoilers. In just your Instagram profile or, or anything, mm-hmm. those were the worst, and they need to burn in hell. Well, it's just lame. I mean, it's it's no different than any other version of internet trolling. It's just like somebody like 
they gain nothing, but they like ruin like ruin somebody's day a little bit. And it's just if, like, if, if, they, if these people were just like posting spoilers like the day of or something, then you can almost like like conspiracy theory like oh these are these are uh, people who work for this like company. Viral marketing. Yeah, they they want people to watch the show first air. And, uh-huh. and, and not pirate it or whatever you know later and stuff so but but if they're doing it before that episode airs and that's definitely like trolling yeah. like hardcore <clears throat> yeah well I mean from a person from the perspective of a person who like wasn't able to watch them exactly as they aired like mm-hmm. I was a few days behind like I would avoid the Game of Thrones subreddits and things like that but you know I I didn't get to watch it when it first aired just because of time management reasons and so I I managed to not get any spoilers, but I would have been annoyed if somebody had done that. That's for sure. You know? Can you guys? Can you guys handle the wait? The wait. Which what, wait? Are, what are we like? Five hundred and sixty days away, supposedly. Oh, from the final season. Final season. Yeah, March yeah, something, twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I can. I, I can handle it. I don't, I don't want to get into a whole you know Game of Thrones subplot in our podcast, but uh, <laughs> this season was very entertaining, but not just the best ever you know I don't know like I thought now is, that they're off book it's has, it, has it yeah because yeah, I don't think the sixth book is even out right no no, no. Yeah. and so, believe me <laughs> like, I'm, a fir- I'm a firm believer that guy may never finish it no, he's yeah. not gonna, I think I'm the sixth best. book will get out but I have a hard time seeing how a no. seventh book is going to get out this is my hot take George R. R. Martin does not want to write these books and he's not going to write anymore yeah, yeah. Since it's too hard for him to, to end them now. Like almost no ending well, he, would satisfy people. He has serious writer's block about it. I think. It's like trying to write the end of Seinfeld, except a seven-book series that spans, you know, almost probably ten thousand pages, depending upon which book you get. You know? He he doesn't need to write these. He's come. Yeah. He's written other books in the middle of this. He. Especially if the TV show wraps it up. It's his curse. He's not going to finish yeah. them. Okay, I guess one last Game of Thrones thing. Uh, Cameron, as you being a gamer, what did you think of the fast travel stuff? Um, I thought it was necessary for them to make the plot progress. They don't. It's like at the beginning of many series, like Lord of the Rings, it took them half of the first uh, movie to what get to Rivendell, and then like you know that there's there's fast traveling in Lord of the Rings, uh, the actual book and the movie, like. You know, when you're going on your adventure, all of the steps along the way, you know, are plot points. But then once you've, like, reached the anticlimax and, like, have to move on to the climax, like, the travel isn't important. It's, like, what happens in the but final I, I, act is what's important. I thought it was about the journey, not the destination. No. <laughs> I mean, like, in, in Game of Thrones, we're in the final act right. of the series. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the amount of time that would be focused on the traveling between locations is going to be reduced because we're, we're not taught it's just we're at a different stage in the story you can find that in lots of is it, different is that bad writing stories. no i think it's just a way to write many fantasy adventure series you know look the uh you know david and db wise yeah or whatever their D&D. names are D and they they signed up for you know uh screenwriting you know the books and now there are no books. And mm-hmm. so they're really, like, I'm sure they're given some plot points by George R. R. Martin, but it, it, they're really, really, you know, high-level points. And I think one of the reasons why he has Wireblocks is he only wanted to do however many books, and Seven. then he extended it out to one more. And when he did that, he put all of the people, the key people, everywhere. 
and there was a map that went along with it. And he spent all this time having these major adventures, these journeys of them traveling Westeros and Essos to get them everywhere. And that's why he kind of has water blocks, because then he has trying to figure out how to put all these people back together. It's it's hard. Um, and he I, hasn't figured it out. The show writers had to figure it out, because they have to produce this TV show, show on a schedule. George R. R. Martin can wait till the 5th of Never to release the sixth book, you know? The, uh, I think I actually I think the TV show has done a lot to kind of um, keep his writer's block in place because George R. R. Martin used to be a screenwriter for TV shows, mm-hmm. and he wrote episodes for the show. And now I remember him saying in an interview like that he wrote a book because he didn't want to have to deal with that anymore. Yeah, he wrote yeah, a book he, that'd be impossible. He's writing other stuff. And yeah. and now they've done that, and I really think it's really turned him off to it. Mm-hmm. So. And he always has described himself as what, what he described as a gardener in, in the sense that he doesn't like have like a big pl- like plot arc and then he fills in the details and then he fills in the details and the details. He like writes as he goes and then like he'll write a whole bunch of stuff and then realize he needs to fix a whole bunch of stuff he already wrote in order to make it all consistent. So he's constantly like revising it and it's like a really inefficient form of writing. And so, <clears throat> you know, he's, it's just a problems on problems kind of thing. Well, we're going to have to wait 500 plus days for Game of Thrones, but we only have less than 60 days for Stranger Things to come out. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so excited about Stranger Things, too. I have not even watched the trailer because I keep forgetting, but I am very excited. I love the first season. Sam, are you a Stranger Things buff? I, I, don't, I don't like the show. Boo! You watched it with me. I did. Well, thanks everybody but, for but, joining but, the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, do, but, I mean... You saw the part where you saw when I when I I got mad at the show. No, well, no, I was too. I was paying attention. It's just bad writing. What? Which part? Which part though? Like the, the like like his old, his sister and and that subplot of the the dude the the the, the stalker guy and then her boyfriend and all that. And there's a, they will have a very small role in, in Stranger Things too because of how bad they were in Stranger Things. Well, you mm. know what, Matt or Cameron. People who are, have taste. People and, with excellent taste. Yes, um, it's 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 nostalgia can, goggles and you know. No, it isn't because oh. I absolutely do not have any nostalgia. You don't have nostalgia. <laughs> I think it's nostalgia goggles in a way, but I also think they're just taking, they're taking the sweetest of the cream from the '80s. Like they're taking like, you know, if you if you look at all of the stuff that people remember from the '80s and it gets referenced from the '80s and gets kind of like recycled into new stuff from the '80s, like. They're just taking like some of the coolest moments, you know. It's like it's Stranger Things too. Like the, the the from the beginning, all the promos were like, it's them dressed. It's Halloween, so they're dressed up as the Ghostbusters, and yeah. and, and you know that that's just like which is one of the so, best things that's ever happened. Yeah, no. that would be like thirty minutes of like but, but, ten hours of, of television. Yeah, well, no, but that they they because it's coming they, out of Halloween. They, they know they know what their audience wants, they and, and they're giving it to them. But the, but well, they but that's like slamming ET for having the guy dressed up as Yoda. I've never seen ET. So I don't know. Oh yeah, ET's got is full yeah. of Star Wars references, chock full. Wait, wait, wait. So Nicole, lay it off. <laughs> having savvy marketing does not mean that it's a bad property. I don't even think that's marketing. I think no, it's, it's, I think, it's, it's, I think, I think it, they're it's not a bad property. It's, it's, it's a it's a perfect property to to exploit. Things to, to make money, but as far as like a good show, I don't think it is. Mm. I think it was hanging a out with you guys. Plot. I thought it was a I thought it was an entertaining plot. 
Well, why are you... I mean, so... Here's the thing is, a lot of the Stranger Things is the nostalgia factor, but you, being a little bit younger than all of us, you didn't necessarily live through the heyday of the 80s. Why is Stranger Things so important for you to go see for season two? So for me, yeah, I was born in 1988, so I don't necessarily, I don't remember the 80s. It's not not a nostalgia thing for me. But um, for me, it was really atmospheric. I really liked the upside down. I really liked, I liked the story. I liked where it was going. I liked the, the kind of, the horror Dungeons and Dragons fantasy of it. So, I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm interested in. So that's the kind of mm-hmm. thing I'll go see. And I do think you're right. The story was really yeah. awesome. They just decided to sort yeah. of, you know, try to ground you a little bit more in, in reality of throwing back some, yeah. yep. some some stuff that you you might may or may not remember in the past. It was like a it was like a mystery come horror story. Like yeah. that's very compelling for me. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm drawn to. So I do agree that that the the older sister and her boyfriend. And, like, the jocks making, you know, that whole, I thought that was by far the most annoying part of the show. Uh, I'm not sure why that was necessary, yeah, exactly. Was um, so, yeah, I'm with you there, even, even, though, the show even though Barb got an Emmy nomination for her 10 minutes what? of screen time. I didn't know that. She didn't really get an Emmy nomination. Yeah, she got an Emmy nod, yes. Yes. That's crazy. That's okay. just but Stranger Things That's for whatever reason. Stranger Things for whatever reason is up for a bunch of Emmys this year, and, uh, even though it was, like, Couple years ago, no, it was last year, right? It was uh, last year. Yeah. It was it was eligible for Emmys for this go around. So, and it, but yeah, Barb was she's up for for an Emmy. So one right. of the best things I thought about one of the things I liked about Stranger Things is how because it was it's one of those things where it had a very specific target audience, but it fully nailed that target audience, yeah. which is kind of everybody who's our age and our demo, and so like a hundred percent of my friends on Facebook were talking about Stranger Things, like. And and so everybody had to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it was very much like, you know, keying into our our demo. And like I thought there was all kinds of funny things that people did. Like I saw a thing on it was like a picture of something nailed to a uh, lamppost, and it was like Barb's been missing, and her parents don't even seem to care. And like the tear off tabs <laughs> all just said justice for Barb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like so, I like the the fact that people liked that show enough that they were going out and doing their own little thing with it. You know. Mm. Well, uh, wrapping up a bit, is there anything else that we want to, you know, hash out before we uh, end the podcast and talk about maybe what we're going to do next time? People are filling around their notes. I think we're, I mean, with it next week and then uh, Kingsman, that's the end of September. Uh, there's a couple movies coming out later this year, uh, not necessarily under the radar, but. Uh, Disaster artists. Uh, if you guys have ever seen The Room, oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The Room is a really awful movie, but it's developed like kind of a cult following, and mm-hmm. it, uh, it's it's kind of like our generation's Rocky Horror. Uh, mm-hmm. And Disaster Artist is the movie based off the book that was written about The Room. One mm-hmm. of the one of the actors in The Room wrote a book about you know that experience and now it's been made into a movie it's james franco seth rogan oh uh, is it, is it, the other so franco there's gonna guy. be marijuana involved <laughs> <laughs> well, there could be i don't know but, but it's <laughs> like uh it, it's kind of funny how like the this movie is getting almost like oscar buzz but it's a movie about a terrible movie 
So it's like it's kind of like ironic in a way. Mm-hmm. I've never yeah. seen that room, so we yeah, could, no, we could do a double feature. We could do the room, yeah. Mm. I, I have it on DVD. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm 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 also very excited about it. I think it. So I saw the the mini TV series, and I think I was the only one here. Yeah, I've never seen it. So I have the DVD in case anybody wants to take it home today. I might watch it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it's it hopefully should do well. I feel feel bad for all the clowns because they're not going to have you know a lot of uh, jobs probably for the fall birthdays because well, this is going to scare mm-hmm. a bunch of kids with clowns. We'll just have oh. to hang out around. We, we the, had the, the we parks. had a clown scare earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. clown scare twenty sixteen. Yeah. Well, what what is more scarier, the the clown from it or the uh, new album from Taylor Swift? The clown from it. What do you? What, what? kind of question? Uh, is that? Yeah. What, what are you doing there? What are you doing there? I'm just saying. Well, we're talking about debuts in the fall. Now we got bad blood, Matt. We've had yeah. this Taylor Swift. Look what you made me do. Look what you made us do. November 10th. Reputation. I, I, you know, the hour is going to come out, and you guys are going to be trading high water because this album is going to suck. Come on. Whoa. Oh, don't man. Salute from the the lines have been drawn. Look, I don't. Did you even listen to 1989? <laughs> As the only person who apparently has no strong feelings about Taylor Swift on this podcast, uh, all I can say is the knives are out. Cameron, <laughs> I asked Sam and Nicole about what they thought about the first song that got released, uh, Look What You Made Me Do, and mm-hmm. Santa himself said, I'm going to hold breath until the album comes out. Well, the album hasn't come out, but the second song came second out album. because That's there was so much to, right? bad yeah. publicity from the first one that they opened up the right. second one, and I, the I don't, second one is I, basically Taylor Swift rapping right. to football. I don't I don't think it was because of, because of that. I think they, the, the, the second song was because uh, it, uh, whatever contract she has, so it's because football season started. Uh, the de facto start of football season was yesterday, college football, Saturday, and, and they wanted this song for the promos, and so that's why she released this song. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because of the whatever bad publicity. But how weird was I when I said it was going to be used in sports like for my? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, hats off to you know their marketing team for you know getting you know Nicole, who we already know is a huge college football fan, <laughs> to stay up late at night and yeah. watch yes. the end of the Alabama for a second. <laughs> she, she only watched the first half. I watched the first half of a college football game in which I had no vested interest, just so I could see if Taylor Swift was going to be there. Spoiler alert, she wasn't. She was not there. <laughs> no. no, she was at a wedding in Martha's Vineyard. Which that she also is just... Who invites Taylor Swift to be their bridesmaid? I would. <laughs> Miranda Nicole Swift. apparently would be. But would you ask her to like have security cover-ups so people couldn't see her? No. I mean, it was like... She can do what it, she It was at Martha's Vineyard, so I mean, it's like... I feel like the, the bride and groom probably didn't want security to show them either. You know, the attention should be on the bride, not the attention. <laughs> True. But that's how we roll here at Guy Girl Santa. Occasionally, we bring up some hot takes. And, you know, we uh, piss off half the panel. But uh, I love everybody coming school. together. We have the band back together with with Cameron and Nicole and Santa. And I'm Matt Tapia. And thanks for joining us for episode six. Uh, hope to have some great fall movie uh, podcast coming up and we'll see you all soon thanks for joining